I'm Danny Hicks. Welcome to the Not-So-Secret Agent Podcast, where we learn from top real estate agents how they maintain a thriving business all while living the good life. Mike Gandolfo, welcome to the show. I really appreciate you doing this, man. Yeah, man, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for uh, having me. I want to get like right into it. There's so much stuff I like. I've been listening to some of your uh, your podcasts and and know you uh, through that, and uh, you know, really excited to actually have the conversation. So, uh, thanks again for doing this. Uh, tell me how you got into real estate. Yeah, so it's a great story, honestly, and I think it's uh, it's one of those things that for me. Uh, I probably graduated from college not – well, I didn't probably. I definitely graduated from college knowing I didn't want to use my degree. And I think that's a really common thing right now. And uh, so I did what a lot of people do is they uh, they go into education and they start teaching. And I, I was drawn to teaching because um, I have a love for sports and I wanted to, to basically coach uh, – specifically, I wanted to coach basketball. But I actually ended up being uh, the youngest athletic director – high school athletic director in the state of Kentucky. I, I was a high, uh, 23 or 24 years old. I was a high school athletic director and head basketball coach at a high school. and Just got to the point, I think, in uh, 2006 where it was like, all right, I want to continue to coach basketball, but I, I don't want to be in the classroom. Or I knew I really wasn't meant to have a boss, if I'm being completely honest. And um, at this, at, so I was like, oh, well, real estate, you know, it's slower in the wintertime. I can make my own schedule and all these other things that happen uh, that, and it's like, oh, this seems like the perfect fit. So I, I really got into real estate so that I could continue to coach basketball, which I did for several years at a pretty high level. I coached college basketball for a couple of years. And then I ran a large uh, uh, all-star game. That's kind of like the McDonald's All-American game or the Jordan Classic for those basketball fans out there. I recruited 25 NBA, NBA first round draft picks. Um, I won a national title as an assistant coach in, the co in college basketball. Uh, I coached on the women's side. Uh, but for me, like what was great is when I had that first real estate client and I realized that there's really not much difference between, you know, coaching a shooting guard and coaching a home buyer. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it's like we're giving them a game plan. We're, we are supplying them with the fundamentals. We're giving them a path forward. We're helping them avoid pitfalls. And I realized that if I had this heart of a teacher and the mindset of a coach, and I approached my business that way, that I could get a lot of the same enjoyment out of coaching uh, basketball, uh, that I got out of coaching basketball, I could get that same thing in real estate. So, so you, I was going to ask what you did before real estate, but clearly you just answered that one. Uh, what's your why? So in the beginning you were like, Hey, I'm just, I don't want to have a boss, but I'm sure that's evolved. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty much no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the, the why has evolved, right? I mean, the why is going to evolve. And at the very beginning, uh, I got into real estate and, uh, my wife was pregnant with our second child. She was a Catholic school teacher at the time. So it's not like she's making a ton of money. Um, and I, you know, failure really wasn't an option. It's like, if I wanted to continue to coach basketball, that was probably my bigger why and support my family. That's, you know, I just, it had to happen. I had to make it, make it go. And then it evolves into like, okay, I'm, I'm loving coaching clients to, I want to coach agents. And we opened up our brokerage in 2011, which is in Louisville, Kentucky. And we actually have another office in Danville, Kentucky, which is just South of Lexington. And, um, 
I now the why for me is we have this calling card at our office, and it's called uh, Change the Algorithm. And if you look at our logo for Change the Algorithm, the G is going to look suspiciously familiar to maybe a G you see on a popular search engine. Mm-hmm. And the R is going to look like something that we might see uh, out of the National Association of Realtors. And the whole mindset behind that is when I and when I speak nationally at, at different events, and I start out by having people pull out their phones and go to Google and type in the search bar, type in Realtors R, A-R-E, and let it autofill. Don't hit enter, don't hit send or anything, just let it autofill. And it does not autofill with the most affirming words out there. <laughs> and because of that, you know, it's 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 actually pretty brutal. Every once in a while you'll get the uh, realtors are good neighbors. That's probably the only good uh thing I see out there. And the, the most recent one I'm seeing that realtors are the DJs of their 30s, which I don't even know what that means. I, yeah, I can't, you know, someone's got to explain that to me. Um but the idea is like when you really think about algorithms and why they exist, well, it's because that's what's that's what's searched, you know, and and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what our association does or what our company does or what the what NAR does. That's our brand. And I'm not OK with that. Like, I'm just not OK knowing what I do to me is super beneficial to people. And there's a lot of value in it. And I'm not OK, you know, seeing that it says that realtors are overpaid and snakes and all this other stuff, because at you know, we do something really, really important. And I think it begins with realtors really fully understanding what our job description is and who our client is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm pontificating here a little bit. Hopefully it's okay that yeah, I just absolutely. keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> and it, so starting with, all right, who's our client? Well, we all know the adage, right? Buyers are liars and sellers are worse. We've heard that time and time again. It's kind of beaten down our throats uh, at when we get in the business. And the reality of it is buyers aren't liars and sellers aren't worse. We're dealing with people who are going through not one, but two traumatic events. Mm-hmm. Moving itself is traumatic and it's triggered right now, especially by some other major life change that's going on uh, in their in their world. It could be positive. It could be negative, right? But it's something that's, that's going to shake their world. If you're going to go through the stress of making a move, There's another stressor that's even stronger than that that's leading you to want to make a move. Mm -hmm. And so if we have the wherewithal that I'm dealing with someone who's not going to think rationally on the other side, who, if not guided properly, is going to make pitfall, is going to step in a hole and is going to make a huge mistake, the most rational person, and we work with a lot of physicians and engineers and pilots, uh, can become all of a sudden very irrational in these situations. Well, they're literally out and of so, their comfort zone, right? So they're literally... Oh, well, yeah. And this is not, especially like a physician or a high-level person where they're used to knowing their world and, and being dominant in it, and now they're in a world that they don't know about. And so to have... They're in a world they don't know, or they're... I mean, I'm sure there's listeners here who have gone through a divorce. There's listeners on here who's had someone in their family die. There's people who've gotten married. There's people who've had a child. I mean, there's people who've gone through the empty nest. I just rattled off just a couple things right there that are major life events that could trigger a move. Mm -hmm. There's people who've got relocated to another city for a job. And even worse, sometimes it's being the spouse of the person who relocates, 
right? The, yeah. the person who relocates actually gets to go to work and meet new people and, you know, they're excited about their job, but the, sometimes the spouse has got to start all over and pick up all the pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so there's all those things right there that, you know, we're the, we are their first point of contact for that, for that person going through a major life event. I, I, I imagine knowing that there's a high level of people who work relationally on this, that listen to this podcast, there's been plenty of times that we've heard, hey, we're expecting a baby before, and we haven't told our family yet. Yeah. I just want to let you know, so-and-so just got diagnosed with cancer. We're not really telling anybody yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're in the inner circle. We're the support staff. I'm going through divorce. I need to start looking at houses. We need to start getting certain things in line. You know, we're, we're right there in the trenches with these people. And when we understand that we're dealing with someone who's going through trauma and we start to really work on the skills that is required to deal with someone who's going through trauma, yeah, we're going to change that algorithm, right? I mean, that's the first thing right off the bat. So then it kind of goes to like, well, what's the realtor's job description? Mm-hmm. And to me, it's real simple. Like we are there to serve our clients in three ways. We are their consultant. We are their advocate, and we are their ne- and we negotiate on their behalf. And I like the term negotiate because it has two meanings, re- really. I mean, we all think of negotiate like, oh, we're going to negotiate the terms of the contract, right. whatever else. But negotiate can also mean guide, you know, that we help them through that path without stepping on those landmines that can blow a deal up. So what it takes from us from a skill level is pretty remarkable when you consider that a lot of people – you know, I always ask my audience, it's like, hey, who in here, when they were a little kid, just when they grew up, they wanted to be a realtor. They wanted to be a real estate agent. You know, oddly enough, not too many hands go up. And you uh, you realize that this business is really full of people who they failed at their previous job. Maybe they got fired. Mm. Oh, I got a little thumbs up there. I didn't even see how I did that. <laughs> so they failed at their other job. They... Uh, you have to watch the video portion of this if that's actually released, Danny, so the people can see what I was just talking about. Right. Uh, I'll just plug it right there it, for you. It will um, yeah, all right. Uh, they they didn't go to college. Maybe they were a stay-at-home parent who's looking to get back in the workforce. Uh, maybe this is a twilight career. You know, in Kentucky, it's 96 hours of classroom and take a test. You know what? To become a barber in the state of Kentucky, it's 1,500 hours. So, like, when you compare those things, and like, I'm dealing with the largest investment that people ever make, and all I have is basically uh, uh, no felonies on my record, 96 hours of classroom study. And then that 96 hours isn't teaching you anything about the real estate business. And you then you take a step back, and it's like, I got this person who is like insecure to begin with. And we do more legal work than anyone else except for attorneys mm-hmm. and attorneys I think go to college and then go to four more years of law school and have to pass a bar exam. And all we got to do is that 96 hour course, man, you know, have a high school degree, no felonies. And, um, we 90% of the time that I'm spent, I think I'm doing therapy, lots of marriage counseling, especially, uh, we are, we are financial, whether you want to be or not, you're a financial advisor to these people because you're dealing with the largest investment they ever make. Mm-hmm. And we suck at handling our own money. And then finally, we're all doing high-end negotiations, high-stakes negotiations, I guess I should say, because, again, it's the largest purchase that these people ever make. So by its nature, it's a high-stakes uh, 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 negotiation. So we've got to make sure that our training is geared to those four areas so that we can serve that traumatic person on the other side. So That's my why. 
so doing practice, <laughs> right? So yeah. So so doing the actual training, identifying what we're trying to do, right, and then practicing practicing it before we get on the field. Right? Oh, you got to practice it before you get on the field. I mean, otherwise, I mean, I don't know. Like when I say traumatic experience, like someone's going through trauma, I think a lot of people think of like, oh, there was a car accident. I don't know about you, but I don't really want my EMT showing up on the scene. It's like, hey, I've never practiced this before. Uh, this is uh, the first time I've ever had a, you know, snake a tube someone's down on someone's throat or set a leg or whatever else. And um, yeah, I, I think that that practicing piece would be pretty important. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got the two brokerages, and I'm sure you've you've used this training to get your guys up and running. But who's on your team now? Yeah, so uh, I'm really lucky because. It, I work with my spouse. My my wife is awesome. And she does the bulk of our real estate business, which allows me for us to be a small brokerage. And I'm, a, I'm able to kind of just really run the brokerage. And then we have two great admin staff. Um, uh, we have an admin who's more on the operations side, who was out of our Danville office, and an admin who's more out of the marketing side in our Louisville office. And right now, uh, we're, we're, we're at 11 agents. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're gonna that between both offices, we're making a huge conscious effort to grow. So if anyone's in the the Kentucky market and wants to join the dynamic brokerage, we'd love to have you. Um, but that's we're we're gonna try to grow aggressively because I think what I figured out over the last six months is like if I want to truly change the algorithm, well, we got to have a bigger presence. I can't right. be I can't play small anymore. Yeah, no, you need you need that those you need to put more people on the streets that have that training. Yeah, and have that belief and understand what we're doing, and because that's otherwise the consumer's never going to know that there's another option, you know. Um, and so we've got to go out there. We got to spread the word about living the good life, about about working by referral, and about that you can serve the emotional need and the transactional need, um, and how important it is to do both. Yeah, and do it at the same time. What What are you telling your agents right now to generate business? Yeah, you know, right now we're we're going back to the basics in a lot of ways. Um, number one, we adjusted our fee structure, um, at, at our office, uh, we're, we're giving our, our, uh, our agents a 5% bump if they're in coaching at Buffini and company. Uh, so you have two deals, like you're not just paying for coaching. You're, you're making a whole lot more money than you would, uh, two deals a month. That is, uh, we're having, uh, we're giving incentivizing, uh, agents for taking listings. We're giving a two and a half percent bump if you have a listing. Uh, so that's one of the things, but for us, like, it's like, the reality of it is, it's like quit hiding behind technology and yes. get face to face and voice to voice with people. Um, and I think I go back to when the market was difficult for me. I got started in 2006. We had a little disruption in 2008. Some of you all might have heard of. Um, and I'm slight sitting one. here, slight one, just, just small. Basic, yeah. Baby. Yeah. The, what makes this one look, you know, like nothing actually. But the, uh, I go back to that time and I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm a fairly new agent. My, my current company would not let me uh, negotiate my fees. So my, they, my broker said, this is your fee and this is, you know, we're taking your split based off this fee, no matter what. And I had great agents. I was in the largest brokerage in Kentucky at the time. I, was, I had great agents who were um, obviously more successful than I was at the same fee. And then I had a ton of agents around me that were negotiating their fee. And I had to make the decision at that moment. I read a little book called The Go-Giver, which is fantastic, and uh, made the decision that I'm going to compete on value and not compete on price. And the way that we've got to do that is we got to be 
fantastic at demonstrating and articulating our value to the client. And honestly, our commission rate never even really comes up. Like They're happy to pay us because I think we're giving more in value than we take in payment, which is the first law of success in the go-giver. So, uh, and what that did for me is I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to brace this. I'm going to get really good at my presentation schools. I'm going to skills. I'm going to practice just like you said, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I'm also going to make sure because we know how isolating things can be when, especially when it's not going well, I'm going to start four mornings a week. I'm going to start out with meeting either a, a plus or a B to B contact for coffee at 8am. It's cheap and I can afford coffee at the time, right? It's going to be short because they got to usually go somewhere by nine o'clock. It's going to be impactful. It's going to force me to get out of bed. It's going to force me to get dressed. I just had a coffee with someone, so I'm going to write the note. I wrote one note, so can I write two more? Of course I can. It, it just it launched the rest of my proactivity. And those two decisions that I made in 2008 really launched my career. To By the time I left, my brokerage was 700. I was number two in the company. And, uh, and I grew more than 200% during the recession when everyone else was shrinking. So every year during the recession, I grew more than 200%. And um, it was just incredibly impactful to embrace the, the, the working by referral system because I, when I got started in the real estate business, the first thing I did was take 100 days of greatness, the old 100 days of greatness, hmm. um, the OG but it's got it's got it's still got a lot of relevancy in there too. There's some good stuff in it, and then um, and so as does the new hundred days of greatness. But yeah, that was it. Working relationally, investing in relationships, knowing that our clients were just as scared as the realtors were at during those times, and and jumping in that foxhole with them and saying, "Hey, we got you." So, with your agents, are you are you encouraging them to do the one one appointment a morning? Yeah, I mean, I'm putting it out there. I'm definitely saying, hey, I mean, I'm letting them know experiential, ex- experience, uh, whatever. From my experience, I'm letting them know, you know, what's been what helped me uh, during difficult markets. And uh, but you know, at the same time, like it's you, at some point, the broker becomes like the parent, right? So right. one of the things that we're doing uh, this year is one of our we we do meet every week as an office. Mm-hmm. And one of the things when I opened up my broker that I said is like I'll never. At beg my uh, agents to come to the meetings, the weekly meetings, because uh, it's it really it's up to me to understand that if an agent's coming to a weekly meeting, they're investing at least $200 an hour of their time to come there. And I've got to give that in value. I got to give more in value than I take in payment. And so if they're not coming, it's a good signal that I'm not giving the value. And so I just always read that. And we have excellent attendance at our meetings. Um, and they've never been asked once to show up. And one of the things we're going to do this year, and it starts next week, is we're going to start bringing in other Buffini agents from across the country in to give their secrets of success. Because when I say it, it might come off as Charlie Brown's teacher, you know, wah, 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 wah. But when mm-hmm. Dan O'Dell or Cale Dunning or Dan Faulkner or whoever else, Greg Chaplin, whoever I have come into uh, the meeting at, via Zoom says it, well, they're taking notes and they're putting it into action. And that's you know, that's the magic of the system because we're all this, this whole community and this network, like we're all out there to help each other. Yeah. And that's really what makes it different. Uh, you could also share a certain podcast sure. where many of those people have <laughs> been interviewed. I don't know. Absolutely. Shameless plug. <laughs> Get it out there. Let's go, man. Right. That's it. So what's one tip you would give to one of your new agents? Uh, get out of your own way. <laughs> right. 
Just do it. <laughs> Just it do it. Yeah, it does, man. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, you know, honestly, I think uh, one of the first tips that we give our agents, and this goes back to when I was a, te- a new teacher, and I um, the first teaching job I had was actually at the my my alma mater where I went to high school. And it's actually, it's an all boys Catholic school with a, with a huge tradition in Louisville and it's kind of hoity toity and, and all that, but I'm 22 years old or whatever I was. And, uh, my first year teaching was my brother's freshman year at the school and I'm teaching freshman biology. So I have like tons of his friends and I'm sitting here like these kids know me as Mike, Matt's older brother and not Mr. Gandalfo, the science teacher. And the the principal at the time came up to me and said, the best piece of advice I can give you is to not to smile until Christmas. It's like, if you start off hard, you can get easier. But if you start off easier, you can't get hard. Uh, that that was not advice that I took. And so I ended up, you know, having some times when I, the kids were out of the classroom and breaking down in tears. And I mean, it was rough. It was, it was hard. And so it reminded me that, hey, it's when you first start out, Put the structures in place that a successful agent has and operate within those structures so that when all of a sudden, and I love the analogy of Zig Ziglar priming the pump, if you've never seen that YouTube video, and he tells the story about how you're cranking away at that pump, and then all of a sudden the water starts to flow. Well, we kind of tell our our new agents that's kind of what's going to happen. You're going to crank with all these activities. You're going to be doing all these activities, all these activities, all these activities. And then all of a sudden the water is going to start to flow. And if you don't have the structure in place to handle the leads that come in, you're going to end up burning yourself out and, and not, you know, being able to have a career. So we talk about having an ideal time of when you're going to start your workday and when you're going to end your workday. And by the way, when you're at work, you should be doing work stuff, not the laundry or something else like that. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so it's kind of just setting up those basic initial boundaries and structures that you need to have in your business and then adhering the, to them uh, so that you can really make sure that your business can grow with you. I've always found like one of the big things that I like to do in my business is I need to know what, what I'm going to do that next day before we get there. Like if you, if you're rolling into the office and you're like, all right, let's figure out what we're going to do today. No, you literally like, I'll set up a time and I'll say, look, this is lead gen right here. Yeah. Like these two hours, I don't know what the activity is, but it's already on my calendar. Check voicemails now check, you know, and it's already structured in my phone, I'm a lot more likely to do them and I'm a lot more likely to, you know, get everything done and, and planning instead of doing pop buys, okay, I'm going to go to this side of town and then I'm going to go to the other side. We're not driving in circles because you're putting everything together because you actually sat down and took a minute to plan. Now you need to leave some time for wiggle and all that stuff, but still I found that to be really. Are you a free spirit in your profile? Good. I am not. I like structure. And, and so there you go. And see, and so for me, I am a free spirit. And so the structure, I had to kind of force myself into even embracing the structure because the reality of it is, is like we all get into this business because we're searching for some sort of freedom. Mm-hmm. But the only way to get the freedom is to embrace the structure. And for mm-hmm. a free spirit, that is really, really difficult. And so, um, you know, and there's, I think most of the real estate agents out there are free spirits. You know, I think you might be a little bit of a unicorn on the structure side, but they're, they are out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're out there. I, I'm, Great I'm, structure. I'm, I'm, near the, I'm, I'm near the edge. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm right in between. And so, but for, yeah, I was gonna say for me, like if I did my two hours of lead gen, then I had permission. Okay. I did what I was supposed to do. I knew when sure. I, had, I could stop, Yeah, which was big for me. 
and then I could go do the free spirit because I already did. You know, I did the structure. You were structured, and that's exactly, I think, the point I was going to get to is like you were structured the morning so your free spirit could dance in the afternoon. Because if you if you nail the morning, right? If you if you're extremely structured, I know Brian talks about you know winning two hours a day, but really, and that's true on the productivity side. But you probably really need to like just be really good from eight to noon. If you can be really good from eight to noon, you know, you can let your free spirit dance a little bit in the afternoon, and. um that's another amazing thing about this business and kind of talking to those people who are free spirits out there who struggle with the structure. Uh, I, I went and heard, uh, author Neil Gaiman speak last year. He's the guy who wrote like, um, good omens and a lot of things that have become television series. Now, um, uh, Coraline, which was a movie, uh, he's a really just gifted author and he was incredible to listen to. Uh, very talented and then but he always talked about his free spirits like he would block out this time to write and he would give himself permission to do one of two things he would either write or just sit there and do nothing so the free spirit still had choice of what they were going to do but you don't have to sit there very long doing nothing before writing those notes or making those phone calls seem a whole lot more enticing so right and also if you're doing your notes and you're like hey i gotta get four done when you're done with those four, you're done. The other thing that I find that that structure was helpful for me, when the market is slow, I can go home and say, I did what I was supposed to do. It's coming. Trust the system. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, like I did the activity. I did it. I did what I was supposed to do. And it also, for me, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I will call, call, call. I'll do whatever I got to do. But I do need that stopping point because that stopping point, if you call the same person three times in a month, they don't buy any more houses, right? So knowing, okay, you've already called them. You're good. Now go find somebody else. You know, that that was important for me. Also. And you just triggered another thought of like, what what are we telling our agents to do right now, especially in their phone calls? You know, do we need to ask for referrals? Uh, yes. Do, I don't think we have to do it every time. Um, no. But, uh, you know, should we be asked for referrals? Yes. But I think the the bottom line, and I think where a lot of call reluctance happens is because, you know, agents are trying to make these phone calls and they're making it about them. They're making it about asking for the referral. They're, they're all this stuff's going on. And if you just stick to this one basic principle, when you make your phone calls, be more interested in the person you're talking to than trying to be interesting. And if I call Danny Hicks and I'm just like, Hey, Danny, you know, How's the family? What's going on? How was your old New Year's? You'll go anywhere, whatever else it might be. You know, stick to those four questions, those family, occupation, right. mm-hmm. recreation, and dreams. And by the way, you're not going to get someone's dreams on a text message. You better be sitting down at a bar, sharing a beer, and really kind of say, man, what are, you, what are you working towards? Like, What are you trying to get to? And when you can start tapping into the level of depth there with those four questions of really getting to know your people, you can unlock ways to serve these people. And you're doing to what Andy Andrews said at the Richmond uh, Success Tour or Masterclass, whatever it was called back then, a long time ago. He said, you're competing at a level where the competition doesn't even know a game's being played. So, right. yeah. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that. And then, if anything, for those people that want to text, text to line up a phone call, text to line up that beer, that coffee, that whatever. You know. Yeah, you- I think that's the, the general rule of thumb we use is uh, – you know, text should be for information purposes only, or like you said, like logistics, information. We're not negotiating over text. We're not making decisions over text. We're not, you know, we're not because you're you're never going to get past the surface level on a text. It's just 
It's just the reality of it. You know, you might get just beneath the surface, but you're not going to go deep, deep, deep with someone as you can when you're face to face or voice to voice. You just don't know that you have their full attention. You probably don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm I'm sitting at dinner. I'm trying to respond to you, but like I'm in the middle of ten things, which is why I prefer the right. text. The TV's going. And quit telling yourself the lie that the millennials don't want to don't want to talk on the phone, or they don't want to see you. They probably they might want to be more apt to meet for coffee than talk on the phone. But you know, you do have clients out there that actually want to hear your voice. So. Yeah, and and I think that's important, and that's part of building the relationship. Yeah. Uh, I. I like a reason to call. It just makes the calls easier. Uh, but I like to do the, hey, I was calling you because right now we're doing our referral directory. So literally I would say, hey, I was just calling to see if you could recommend any contractors. I'm working on the referral directory that I build. You know, I build for my clients. I publish for you guys. Do you know any amazing contractors or business owners? And, the, you know, and then you try to do something, ask specifically about them. You might say, you know, you know, particularly in New Kent where you live, you know, and I just pick a category like that. But then at the end, once you've done your reason to call, you go, so how's everything else going? And then you get into the, you know, this was my reason to call you. And now I'm going to, you know, I want to know about you. Is kind of how I've handled it. Is that something that you would recommend to your agents? Or you're yeah, like, I, I would just reverse it. Be calling? You know, I, I still think, I think you're going to engage people when you make it about them first, right? And then it's like, so you want to role play it? All right. Yeah, let's do it. So I'm calling Danny up. Danny, against the phone, Danny. Hey, Danny, it's Mike Gandolfo. How's it going today? Not bad. Man, I'm great. I had a couple minutes. You popped into my mind. I was like, I need to find out how Danny's doing, man. How is your new year? Is it getting off to a great start? Yeah, it's been good. We've traveled a little bit and uh, now get Yeah, where'd you all go? We went to Massanutten. To where? Yeah, it's a ski resort up in Harrisonburg. Nice. Do you like to, do you like to ski? Well, <laughs> not, not well. I fall. I, I, I fall more. So, what was your favorite memory from that trip? Uh, probably the once we're done skiing and having drinks with everybody and hanging out and doing. Nice. I always envision like the ski lodge around the fireplace, kind of, kind of you know vibe. It's never really been my thing, but I guess it was. Hopefully, it was something similar to that. Yeah, it's 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 not as picturesque as you're probably uh, imagining, uh, but it, you know it, it was definitely the right. Do you have any plans to go anywhere in the future? Like, are you any trips upcoming this year? No, just some uh, real estate conventions later. Nice. This year. Uh, that's that's about all I got on the. Well, uh, Danny, I know you're super well connected, and you've been great to us. You've been just incredibly loyal, and uh, and we really appreciate you being uh, a part of our just group and and coming to all the events and stuff that you do. Uh, the reason why I'm calling is because we are building out this referral directory. And I know that you probably have some just amazing people that have served you as well as I have. And uh, that would be a good fit for us because you know exactly how we we operate and how we operate by referral. Uh, do you have, if, if you can think of anyone in your neighborhood that would be a good like electrician or plumber or Anything like that that you think it's someone I need to know because they'll serve our clients at a high level, I would really appreciate getting connected with them. Yeah. Yeah. I sorry, I was listening instead of <laughs> It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, absolutely. I you know, I had a plumber that did a good job. I'll send you that. Sweet. Guy. And is it okay if I drop your name with that guy? 
Awesome. Well, uh, Danny, I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, I hope you have an amazing day. Uh, thanks for picking up when I call. And uh, if you know anybody who would benefit from what I do, I would love to take care of them. Well, thanks. I will All right, we'll, probably, we'll probably talk to you in the next couple of weeks. Take care, man. Sounds great. Bye. And so when I look at that call, I, I think I did a couple things. Number one, I always like saying, hey, I just – had a couple minutes and you popped in my head, you know, something similar to that, because I don't want people, I, I don't want to have an hour long conversation. Like, you know, uh, I think what we did was just yeah. over the yeah, course yeah, of a uh, couple minutes. It was perfect. I don't know, maybe not perfect, but you know, I, I hopefully made you feel valued because I was way more interested in what right. you were doing. I, and I wasn't, I just kept on asking those next questions and, and I learned some things about you like, okay, you went skiing. It's not necessarily something that you enjoy to do. Uh, you know, but, the the camaraderie of being around the couple of folks around the bar was great. So maybe I'd get together with this plumber and, you know, and, and there's someone else that you're connected to and we all meet up at the bar for appetizers and drinks, you know, whatever. But you start to just connect people and learn how to serve them where they are. You value them and then you ask for the referral. So, um, very, very, uh, helpful. And, uh, one of the things I love about this show is I get everything. <laughs> so you can go back and listen to it. I mean, how many times have you sat around with like Greg Chaplin who had yeah. us and been like, man, he just said something amazing. I'm not going to remember that or, or I'll remember uh, it. With Greg all the time. That it happened. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And so so to have it all recorded for other people to listen to, I think it's Well, uh, the funny and, and the funny well. story I have about Greg Chaplin, and I think this is worth it. Yeah. Oh boy. Here we is go. uh I um I you know, a lot of people who have been in Buffini for a long time are familiar with the twelve week year. And we heard Brian Moran speak twice at the at the uh, I think he spoke at Mastermind and spoke at Peak if I remember correctly. And, um, you know, each time I implement the 12 week year a little bit more and a little bit more. Well, Michael Lennington, who wrote the 12 week year of Brian Rand, actually ends up moving to Kentucky and he's one of my clients. And he, mm -hmm. he was not onboarded the way that I would typically onboard a buyer. He actually was hooked up with another agent. It was not a great experience. And then we kind of developed a relationship and he was already kind of in the process. And I just didn't take the step to onboard him the way that I, you normally would. And we were at an event with Greg. And Greg's teaching his buyer's presentation to a group of agents. And I see Michael Lennington, who's this New York Times bestselling author, take out his notebook and start making notes. And I'm like, I know the buyer presentation because Greg and I give the exact same buyer presentation, basically. And I'm sitting here like just mortified that I've got this New York Times bestselling author taking uh, tips on the buyer presentation from, from Greg uh, because I didn't do what I was supposed to do at the very beginning. So it all worked out, though. <laughs> <laughs> I I do going to the buyer presentation. I do feel like the formality of that and going through that yeah. process is so helpful to get you. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, no question. Like I feel like that is just like a, a really cool. You know, like you said that you took over him from an agent that wasn't. They didn't have a good experience, and and to find out about that good experience and make sure that you're doing what's important to this. You know, yeah awesome author yeah i, I kind of took something i took some things for granted and honestly now i redeemed myself with them especially like at the end of the day they had trouble finding their place and whatever else and i used some you know agent wizardry to uh like just 
help them think a little clearer and, and get in lots of times with what we're doing. Again, if we're dealing with an irrational client, lots of times that person can get in their way of making the decision that they got to make. And so like we just, you know, said, hey, all right, you're having some trouble. These these five houses here to me meet your criteria in the general area you, you want to be. Pick out the best five that you want to see. And they picked out four and I insisted that they pick out the fifth one and they wouldn't do it. So I said, OK, well, I'm going to choose this one. And Michael's wife was like, well, there's no chance. I do not want to see this house, you know, uh, do not want to see it whatsoever. And, of course, what's the one they end up buying? That's that's it. So, yeah, yeah, that's the one. And you're like, the dark arts of real estate have been done. Upon yes, that's right. <laughs> and all we're doing, again, because what are we really doing? Like, we're just we're helping someone go through a traumatic event, helping them get clarity and make a decision. That's what we're doing. We're asking yeah. the right questions. That That's, that's really – what I found is do less talking, more asking, yeah. more listening. So they know what they want. They don't know what right. it's called. They don't know where it is. So if we ask the right questions, we will get to that. And then they'll they'll see it clear and, and you'll see it as well. And, and that's absolutely done. Or we can just do, I showed you three houses, buy one or get out of my car. One of the two. <laughs> no, I don't does think so. Does not, does not work. Oh, no, no. It does not work. It is practice, I did, I did. but it does not work, you know. Uh, I thought I missed oh, the convention. Yeah. You, oh you know gosh. I mean? uh, did Brian, Brian didn't Brian cover that one. No, I think that was more of this uh, fairy no. guy. But you know, <laughs> well, his son's a little better, <laughs> but not much. There's like a new technology. Every uh, day that guy I don't know, it. man. So anyway, I'm, I just know that if, I don't know if I'd be in this business if I didn't find work about referral. I mean, honestly, like. Brian tells the story of his dad, uh, you know, the with the painting business and all that stuff, and I'm sitting there. And my grandfather had the oldest Lincoln Berkeley dealership in the country. And Ford actually came to him because he didn't really do all the advertising that a lot of the other dealers did because he had the highest repeat and referral business in the car and in, 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 in Ford's uh, car business. And I'm like, oh, you know, and so like when Brian was telling the story, the first time I heard it, just, you know, being licensed a couple weeks, I was like, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. And it was like the, the similarities are there. And uh, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I am embracing this. I'm, I'm going to market to people the way that I would want to be marketed to. I think that's big. I think if you don't agree with it fundamentally, what you're supposed to be doing, I mean, you're not going to do it. You're, you're just not. You're not going to be effective. You know. You know. Well, and when you're not effective, if you're not yeah. good at anything, you're out. It's just a matter of time. And the reality of is why you think I think you're doing good work. Is because, you know, are there probably a lot of relational agents listening to this? Absolutely. But, you know, there's a lot of transactional agents out there that just don't understand that there's another way to do it. And they've never been taught. They've never been told. They've never been showed. And, and if someone's listening to this podcast and it's like, man, this seems too good to be true. Like, it's not. Like, it, you can you can have this both in life that can be pretty freaking amazing and help a whole lot of people along the way. And. And helping people feels better than just making absolutely, anyway. absolutely. Like I, honestly, that's my favorite part is, is that we're literally giving people solutions. Like that's what we're doing. We fix all the problems, and once you know the problems are fixed, then they go buy a house. So to your point from the beginning, I don't think we're overpaid. I think they're going to have a hard time kicking us out, no matter what the collusion or whatever they claim we did. Uh, you know just because of the value we do add. And, but to that same point, I'm, and I've heard Dan O'Dell talk about this before a lot uh, for the people out there that know him in Kansas City, Missouri. 
uh, actually Overland Park, Kansas, if I'm being uh, truthful, uh, you know, we didn't talk about in those in those trials about the value we provide. And we didn't go to compete in those trials based off value. And that's honestly, I think part of the reason why is because the National Association of Realtors knew that they can't guarantee that all their members provide that value. And, at, um, and you know, there are there are part-timers and there's people that are doing this for a freaking career. And there's a big gap yeah. in between the two. And, okay. and there's a lot of agents that are kind of in between there as well that are in the, in the middle of that gap. But when you find a relational agent who is doing this as a career, who understands that you're going through a really tough situation, that you're stressed, and has the skills to properly guide you to where to to get your goals. Yeah, we're not overpaid at all. I mean that that's doing exactly that's putting someone. I mean, we talked to people today of uh, you know the uh, husband had his birthday and he's like, man, I, I just am so grateful for the con. He's had some health challenges. We got him downsized. We got him out of the first floor master. He's like, I can really enjoy my house right now, even going through all the health challenges I'm going through. I don't have to worry about going up the stairs. And just talked about how much it meant to him, and uh, you know, and that's that's the, to your point of what you said. That's that's why we do it. You know, and we we had another client, yeah, yeah, who was going through a nasty divorce about this time two years ago, and um, her husband was abusive. She knew exactly how to get into her office and go to her safe space, and no one would know where she was, so that she could just escape. And I was parked out front of the house when she moved out. I had a security person tell her, she said, you go in the house, you got 20 minutes to grab as much as you can. And then you got to get out of there. Mm -hmm. I didn't go in the house with her. I stayed on neutral, I mean, on the street, but I was playing lookout just in case someone, in case her husband was coming down the street and, you know, to see us help rebuild her, give her the confidence to walk away from the situation and to see her work on herself and build the self-esteem and then to see her become a homeowner less than a year later. Oh man, I get chills just thinking about it. No commission check is going to give me the satisfaction out of than that. No. Yeah. Definitely not. I mean, commission checks are nice and that's how we feed our family and and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, like we do it be, because we're helping people. So for sure. So, what is your favorite oh, takeaway? Man, I, you know what? I this I went to the I did not go to the first leadership conference. I went to the last one, and Brian put out there, uh, and I don't know if it's favorite or it's just most recent, right? Because you go to these events and you take away stuff all the time, right? And yeah, and lots of times oh, the yeah. takeaways actually from what happens around the dinner table with the other people, not necessarily what yes. Brian talks about. Uh, but Brian showed that Venn diagram of where everyone struggles with retention, recruiting, profitability, and then the overlaps of mentorship training um, and and winning culture. And at the core of all that is agent production. And I'm like, he just defined my job description. Like at the end of the day, like uh, I, and for me, it was, it was groundbreaking because I think I tried to be too involved in our actual day-to-day real estate business of helping our clients from instead of just, you know, my wife's got it, she can handle it. I'll step in where I kind of need to, or she gets overwhelmed. I need to go show a house. That's all well and good. And I was like, 
and it gave me the I, the freedom to just say, okay, I've got things in place so that's those people can be handled, and I need to focus on this. I need to be the person. I need you know it, it laid out to me exactly what my job description should be, and and in my coaching conversations, that's what we're doing. I mean, we're going through and making sure that that's all that stuff's in place for us to to take care of our agents, and that's actually where the if you if you notice, coaching's not in there. Training is, but coaching's not uh, because. They sh- people should go outside of their brokerage for coaching. Uh, they should get a different perspective. Yeah. They should get a 3,000-foot view. And that's why we went to the model where it's like, okay, well, we're going to incentivize you all to get coaches. We're going to provide the training, the mentorship. We're going to have the best culture that we can have, um, which is, I think, really um, – that's usually why our agents stick around is our culture. And we're going to focus on those three things. We're going to help you become more productive – um, and then, of course, the retention, the recruiting, and the profitability side uh, with some basic systems then start to take care of themselves a little bit. Absolutely. No, I, I think that uh, just from what I know of you, your agents are in great I appreciate agents. it. I mean, I like that uh, we, we took the podcast and went ahead and did a little coaching <laughs> session. I enjoyed that thoroughly as we redefine the show. But uh, I, we so thankful for you to come on here. I really appreciate everything you said, and uh, thank you for sharing it. Uh, where uh, where can people find yeah. you? You mentioned your market. Uh, How do they get a hold of my you? My email is mike at resolutions.realtor. I think I'm the maybe the only person that I know that actually uses that dot .realtor uh, URL, but I love it. I, I don't know. I think it you know, tells, lets people tell you what you do without uh, without actually you know telling them. So uh, Mike at resolutions.realtor is probably the best way. It's my email. Um, I'm on all the social medias. Of course, when you have a last name like Gandolfo, it's not hard to find me on socials. So um, there is a Mike Gandolfo, though, that I think is like the, the head of Tampa schools or something like that. So just know that that's not me. I I'm, I'm have nothing to do with education really anymore except for educating realtors. Very good. And uh, I am looking forward to, uh, to, to talking again real soon. Thank you so I much. I appreciate it, Danny. I really appreciate it. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to apply this information to your business immediately. This message will not self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, agents.